welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. Regardless of how small or big you are, you must be considering this. It's, otherwise you won't be competitive. Today, we hear from an expert panel on how embracing digital can transform SMEs, including Blue Derby Pods Rides' Tara Howe, Zero Australia's Trent Innes, and ANZ's Guy Mendelssohn. Your host is smart company digital publisher, Zoe Dartner. We hope you enjoy the discussion. What's really obvious is digital strategy and improving your business are deeply intertwined. They're one and the same. Trent, you talk to small business owners about this a lot. What advice do you give them about embedding those things together so that you're naturally thinking about both of them at the same time? So we're actually a really interesting time right now. So I think uh, I've been on this journey, I've been uh, running Zero for about almost six years now. So six years ago, we had to explain to people that we weren't a, we weren't a photocopy sales company because uh, that was basically where we started. And uh, yeah, it's, I think it's, and it's grown you know, enormously since then and people have you know, adopted more and more technology. But we're at a really interesting point right now where we're kind of going from a, a sense where it's a, it was a nice to have to a have to have. Everything's kind of converging to the point where small business owners or any company is almost not going to have a choice. So there'll be some that will go into it deliberately and there'll be some that will go in it without really knowing they're going into it and they're already sort of engaging in digital already. And so we're at that point, and you, you see you, you, what we're seeing, it's almost like a perfect storm. We've got government that's becoming more and more digital over time. And we haven't probably seen anything from government like this since... I'm going to show my age now, since GST in 99, where they started to actually make a real regulatory change that something had to happen. We're starting to see that happen again now. So things like you know, single-touch payroll, which is getting launched at the moment, and that's fundamentally, you're not going to have, once that's done, you're not going to have a choice. You're going to have to be on a digital system of record because there'll be no way to lodge, there'll be no way to lodge manually. So you, you'll, 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 have, you'll have no choice. So then it's about how far you actually take that. So once you actually realise you're on the digital journey, how do you actually then help people understand what's possible on, on top of that. Mm-hmm. I think that um, obviously it, uh, people who run their own businesses and they may have started them as well, they're, they're naturally DIYers um, and they have, you know, their costs are pretty tight a lot of the time. So with that personality type, natural DIYers, I noticed a comment in the report from someone that said, look, it was just easier to do our own spreadsheet to manage, you know, instead of buying some, some big complicated... Um, bit of software. Guy, with, the, with those four digital mindsets and with that in mind that we're working against some very embedded sort of cultural behaviours when it comes to people who run their own business, what have, what have you learnt by, by ex- exploring all of this through those four digital mindsets? I think first and foremost um, I was quite surprised that only 10% of the people that we spoke with were digitally confident. So to your point, there's a long way to go, but the research has demonstrated that um, for you to be successful in a, ver- in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very fast moving environment with the pace of change that's occurring, it's pretty compelling. If you can save 10 hours per week for a small business, small to medium enterprise business owner, I don't think there's anyone in the room that wouldn't be attracted to that. Mm-hmm. So we're really hoping with the research and the conversations that we can have with customers that that's quite a, um, you know, because time is the only currency that uh, small business owners can and can't control. And then obviously the 27% uh, higher revenue. So I think that um, from our perspective is that people will not be able to be competitive and will not survive in I think in the next two to 
three years exactly with what Trent's saying if they don't start to consider um, how to incorporate some of the things that we saw on the screen earlier. And what's quite fascinating, it's interesting you say the 10 hours, because all of our research has shown us that on average, small businesses spend 11 hours a week on compliance. So it's actually the direct correlation, it's almost mm -hmm. identical. So, because really what it's doing is removing friction out of their lives. Correct. And to me, digital is one of the, probably the most overused terms in business. And it means so many things to so many different people. But fundamentally, to, for me, it is about how do you, how do you fix those friction points mm in your business to allow you to operate your business more efficiently and more effectively and do the thing that you go into business to do is to run the business that you love mm. and not got caught up in operational issues. Mm. Uh, and Tara, your business is, is interesting because it can absolutely survive without doing anything with a computer. Businesses who start now are absolutely in the digital space. Like they don't even have to think about it like, oh, should we use social media? Oh, I don't know, the jury's still out on that one. <laughs> Tell me what it was like. When did your business start? Um, we started operating in April last year. Okay, so tell me, tell me how you started that business knowing that, that having the digital environment means starting a business is a completely different exercise from even 10 years ago. Yeah, um, it's really interesting thinking about the so tourism sector, um, mountain biking experience, and um, thinking about what it would have been like to start this business 10 years ago. And I think it would have been incredibly different. Um, our whole approach to taking our business to market was entirely digital. But if I'd asked a colleague who is a competitor, say, or a competitor in the industry who had been there for 30 years, how did they take their business to market, it would have been going down to the travel agent and booking into um, you know, the distributor magazines. It's a completely different strategy to take to market. So for, for me, when I think digital, I think digital marketing, because of the other hat I wear in my life as well. And our entire approach to go to market has been through digital marketing, which has been supported by um, print, obviously, with PR, but that still ties back to a digital presence. So um, I don't think we'd be here today without it, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> and do you find yourself, there's how many people in your business, running um, the business? In running the business, we have 10, yeah, in Blue Pods, right, and in S Group, we've got 35. And how does, how does digital permeate through the staff in terms of methodology and thinking and improving systems and so on? Um, so it's interesting because our digital element of the business is very much to do with the customer, so um, went through the booking process. So we have to find them in the plethora of this world, and we find them through digital, and then push them through their um, buying process. And you heard in the video, it's a really high involvement decision. It's not something that happens overnight, so we have to slowly massage them through the process, through digital communication and saying hello to them and encouraging them. And then finally they book, and they arrive, and then their whole experience has nothing to do with digital. It's all about taking them away to nature. So all our digital part of business is entirely to that booking process. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, I want I want to talk about data for a little bit because whenever we have these conversations, we we, t we talk about you know we're not using our data as well as we should. And I don't know if we all really understand what data can be because we think in terms of databases as if they have to be huge and complete. And basically, as soon as you engage with any kind of digital platform, data starts to collect and we can start to use that in any way. Um, Trent, I wonder if you could talk about how can, how can businesses start to think about data as, rather than this thing that you need to, to be a data analyst to understand or use. How should, what, where should we be looking in our businesses that we might not be thinking is an obvious place to look? How can we use data more to grow our business? I'll admit, I love data. 
I'm a, I'm a bit of a data nerd. So, um, so I'm always thinking about how, how we can use it. And uh, I might just answer it slightly different than, than, I'll, than I actually answer your question specifically. Um, one of the things we launched about 12 months ago was a thing called Zero Small Business Insights. So it was looking at a anonymous aggregated data across our customer base. So to give you a rough idea, there's about 583,000 small businesses on the Zero platform in Australia. So for the first time ever, we can start to see some real, what's really happening in the small business economy, because a lot of it was guesswork previously. No one actually really knew what was, what was going on. Um, so we've had a really good look into, it, into what's happening and uh, some of it's quite fascinating. I mean, uh, things like, you know, on average, only about low 50% of small businesses in Australia are cash flow positive at any point in time. So it, it varies between 45% and 55%, depending on what time of the year it is. But that's, uh, that actually did shock me a little bit. It's directly linked to payment times. So there is a direct link to payment times and payment times are still in the early 30 days um, for, for small businesses. But there is a direct correlation between payment times, cash flow uh, and, and employment. So at a macro level, we're starting to see some amazing things. But even from a business perspective, you're starting to have these digital connections inside your organisation, you can start to get much better real-time insight into what's actually going on. So I think that's, that's the big change. If you look at financial information, so most, most small businesses tend to hate doing accounting. They don't go into small business to do accounting. It's kind of like, but they have to do it. They don't like doing compliance. They don't tend to really like banks very much. Sorry, banks, but it's actually true. true. It's true. It's actually true. <laughs> so it's basically they don't like accounting, government or banks. As a, but yet they're the three things they have to have, but that's not why they go into business, but they spend an absorbent amount of time doing it. Yet all of those three things are probably the biggest gatherer of data that actually comes into their, into their organisation, yet they used to leave it right to the, you know, to the last minute. So they did it at the end of the month, the end of the quarter, or worst case scenario, at the end of the year. So they had no visibility into what was going on in their business. With, with cloud technology and digitization, they've now got the ability to actually look at their data every day and actually understand what, what's going on. And one of the things I find quite fascinating, quite often on a, on, a, on a Saturday morning, I'll be at one of my kids' sports and I'll see, I've, I've almost convinced pretty much all of my mates and all, anyone that knows me to be on zero now. And uh, I'll see a lot of them in the morning at, at sporty events, you know, swiping back and forth. And they're either, they're either on Tinder or they're, uh, or they're reconciling their accounts. So uh, typically it's reconciling their accounts. But they're doing that now in real time. That sounds like a euphemism now. I'm just reconciling. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've used that gag a few times now. It always gets a laugh. But, um, but it's true. They're actually they're now reconciling in real time. So yep. they're actually getting real time insight into what's going on in their business, and that's completely changed changed the, the way that the way they work. So, I think the trick to answer your question, the trick to big data for small business is to actually they don't really need to know they've got big data. It's just kind of happening in the background for them. So it is actually happening. But they don't, the trick for us as programmers is to surface up what's relevant to them at the point in time to help them make a decision without them actually really knowing they're using that. Because the tech industry has a nasty habit of developing lots of really scary terms and mm. um, big data is kind of one of those. Mm. And it's not big actually. It's not big. It's just It's big for them. It's big for small. Yes. Well, yes, except that, as you say, when developers and so on create products where it's just a, an insight or whatever, then, you know, you cease to think about it in that way. Cool. So, Guy, what, what do you think we should be doing as business owners to ensure that we're really examining the, the right parts of our business for the right, the right bits of, of data and where we should be prioritising investment when it comes to digital platforms? Uh, I think first and foremost, every, regardless of how small or big you are, you must be considering this. It's, otherwise, you won't be competitive. Considering how you can use data. If 
you are running a small or medium enterprise, if you're not thinking about that, you're going to really struggle to be competitive in a period of time. And the one thing about data, which if you've been involved with it, it's, it's not about having it today, but it's building up the history so, so that you can be making decisions. You do understand seasonality. You do understand um, you know, uh, customer loyalty. You do understand the impact of change. And so I think that it's probably in the whole of the, 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 the research, it's the one thing that we, you know, I'm really going to encourage people to be thinking about and talking about. I don't think there actually are any gurus. On, on anything except for small business owners, of course, because they're, they're forced by circumstance to solve some of these problems on their own. And Tara, I just wanted to ask you about this. I know that there's, um, depending on the size of your business and the nature of your problem, there's, there's often uh, this niggling feeling that you need help from an, an expert or a guru, which often is very expensive. Um, as, a, as a very young business, how are you growing to uh, understand and solve some of those problems and work out when do you need help, when are things, um, you know, when are things hit arrested development and identifying those points where you just need to push it a bit further. For us personally, I'm very lucky that I have Blue Pods Rye, but I'm also have a creative agency as well. So we do all our brand and marketing ourselves. So um, I can tick that box of getting that expensive help. It's not that expensive. <laughs> it's free, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I think you're really asking when do you ask for help around data. Um, so I don't think there's an actual point like at this point in your journey you should be looking for it. I think what you need to be asking is challenging yourself is always understanding your data. You know, saying that you love data is something you shouldn't be ashamed of, it's you should be passionate about. Thinking about us when we started Blue D Pods Ride, I was so wanting to know about um, our customers through um, our analytics. And I wanted to know who was booking and where they're booking and how long it took them to book, um, their age and everything about them. And in, by understanding that and being so fascinated in our data, we were able to confirm our secondary target market. Sounds really um, funny when you think about a mountain biking experience, but our core target market is um, a soft adventure seeker, we call them. Often they wear suits. Um, but they're Eastern Seaboard of Australia and they're not necessarily hardcore mountain bikers. But through digital data, we were able to conserve, con confirm that the hardcore mountain bikers would actually pay for our experience and then change the way we use digital channels to target them. So I think um, understanding and then at the point that you feel like you're, you can't interpret or understand that data, that's when you would look to get some assistance, I say. Yeah. So the word cyber is really needs to be replaced, I think. We're probably just talking about security, obviously. Yeah. Um, and once upon a time, that just would have meant, um, you know, padlocks and safes and combinations and, and that kind of thing. How can, we, how can we turn that into a discussion that seems like something we just don't need to worry about? Because we're all in the digital space in some form or another, there's a, there's a ubiquity of information out there about all of us at any given time that makes us, you know, feels like if there's that much information, maybe there's no information. Mm. How, can we, how can we have a different conversation about it where businesses start to think of that in the same way they think about the locks on their doors and windows? This, this is a topic I talk a lot about. Um, and, and it has changed a lot, but I still think uh, in the whole, small business owners are too lax with their security. They don't fully understand what the risk is. So... As a developer, our responsibility is actually to, 
to take, take care of much of that as we can for them. The biggest risk is still the person sitting in front of the screen. That is, that, that is still the biggest risk. And they're the people that will get tricked most of the times. So, you know, we've just enforced um, two-factor authentication. So it was something, and there's always a debate between a, a design experience of making something as beautiful as possible and how much you put security on. There's a, there, is a, there is a balance to find there about where the experience then becomes too overwhelming for someone. But security is so important that we made, or we made the decision that that is actually, we, we, we have to do it. So it was always, it was optional and now, now we've enforced it. So as of uh, September 11, it will be completely enforced for our customers. So, you know, we had to go out to our entire customer base and say, we're, 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 we're turning this on for you, but we think we have, it's, it's, the, right, it's the right thing to do. Did you so, get any feedback or? Oh, we had, we had some people that pushed back really hard. And what are they afraid of? Or? Uh, just the inconvenience of having to do two-factor authentication. Yeah, it is a pain for sure. Um, but you get used it's, to it. But it's, 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 it's how you make that experience as beautiful as you possibly can. Yeah. And that's really, that's, that's up to us to do that. And I think we've done the best, the best we possibly can with that. And, you know, and we've got a whole lot of sophistication in the background that tries to protect, protect people as much as possible. But the biggest, the biggest risk is, is, is phishing of email accounts. That's, that's the one, mm. you know, and that's, uh, and, the, and the, the, the criminals, and that's what they are, they are criminals, are very sophisticated and, you know, we, I think there's a massive amount of education that, that still needs to go on. Um, I do think there's a brand issue around it about what we call it at the moment. So mm. cyber security sounds like a problem that big business has. Mm. It's not, it doesn't sound like something small business has. So I think we've got a branding exercise as well to do. Mm. I think just furthering what you're saying um, there, Trent, um, you mentioned and the, the report also mentioned this as well, that it's um, education and the person behind the computer is where a lot of the risk is. And I don't think, because we, because it's branded, as you say, cyber security, it kind of sounds like this intangible thing and it's all to do with the computer. Yeah. But I, I think it's a lot to do with the person behind the computer. Um, and I think about um, S Group, um, our receptionist, Maddie, who's an absolute champ and all over cyber security, thankfully, is regularly telling us about the emails he'll have or, you know, things coming through enticing him from around cyber security. Um, so I think that, that one of the recommendations in the report was to educate team members, and I fully support that. I think that's a really good bit of advice. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, just to add to it, is to have a prevention plan yeah. and to be talking about it all the time. And the prevention plan realistically needs to look at people, as Tara was just mentioning, your policies and your technology. And you need to be not having a plan and putting it in the drawer because of what Trent was saying, is that it is changing so quickly that you need constant communication mm. around it and awareness of it because um, it isn't like putting a padlock on a door and opening it and shutting it when you need to um, so that but again it's the the changing world that we live in mm. and um, and talking about it is is, is really important and um, you know the fact that only 50 you know that 55 percent of the people that we surveyed really didn't think about it or know much about it is you know is a real concern um, you know, we have been talking and having functions with customers and we'll continue to, to do the very best that we can educate and update. But, you know, you could come to us a, a function today and by the time you've got back to your office, something new would have occurred. And so it is one of the major challenges facing not just business, but the world moving forward. And there's also a lot of, uh, I mean, it'd be interesting, I don't know if we've surveyed this, but our cyber insurance is an interesting one as well. So we, we insure our, our buildings and our premises but we don't actually, uh, we're not necessarily insuring ourselves against digital, digital risk. And there is, um, and there's, some, there's a lot of great providers out there providing cyber insurance now, which is actually really reasonable. And it's, I definitely recommend that to businesses as well. Yep. Yeah, I read a really lovely line from a fellow called Jeremy Scrivens, who's a future of work 
um, consultant and theorist and fu fu futurist and so on. Uh, and he said on Twitter the other day, if you want people to embrace digital transformation, allow them to take the best of the past with them. I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. I, don't, I actually completely, I completely agree with that. I think, uh, and you've got to touch on that already, mm. you've still got to have a great strategy in place so that, that doesn't go away. You've got to have a great idea. It's just digital it's just, it may help you amplify that, that quicker or it's a, different, it's a different opportunity way to go to market. What but does I it mean agree. in terms of zero? Like if, um, what's the original, what are you taking from the past with you that... Well, a, a, accounting, accounting debits and credits got created in the 1400s, so it hasn't actually. So, um, so we're actually not that modern, really. All we've done is a. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that. Please don't quote that anywhere. Um, but basically, fundamentally, you've taken it's deb debits and credits is one of the oldest international languages of all time. That's what it, that's what accounting is, and we've uh, we've taken that and take used a modern platform to make it easier, better, more beautiful. Yeah. But fundamentally, um, fundamentally, it's still it's still it's still accounting, and you're still doing marketing. You're still it's just a different mechanism about the way you the, the way you go about it. But at the centre of all this is still people. So yep. the actual the role we play in that might change slightly, but you know it's it's just, I get really. Um, I actually dislike the word disruption because mm. disruption has a negative connotation to it. And as soon as you see the word disruption or people hear the disrupt word disruption has a direct con correlation to I'm going to lose my job, I think. And that's, if you look at that from the outset, yet all the evidence we're seeing, and we can look at la large data sets now, it's actually the opposite. So we know, for an example, for every additional app someone connects to zero, it creates 20% uh, of a new job, of a new full-time job. Mm -hmm. So actually, the more digital you are, the more people you're employing than people that are not. So it's actually the opposite. And yet there's a kind of a view that that's, it's, it's, it's not like that. So people are still at the heart of all these things. So, you know, um, and it's interesting, you know, uh, technology doesn't disrupt, people disrupt, and that's always been the case. And that's, I, don't, I don't see that changing. What our, what our jobs might be in the future might, might, might well be different, but that's always happened as well. There's not, if you look through history, that's, that's, that's always changed. And we adapt, and we adapt really, really well. And we take advantage of these and we create new opportunities on top of that. And they, that was something that was your survey was showing very much that the people that have actually adopted that have created new opportunities. Mm. So I think the best part we're taking through is what's always been there, which is people. Mm -hmm. I love that, taking people um, forward. And we have this little thing that we say way too much is um, if we can find a way to win someone's heart, their mind will follow into your business. Um, and um, yeah, bringing people forward through that process, absolutely, um, and into the future. And, the, yeah. and there's some that will embrace it, and there's some that will get dragged along for the journey. And that's the that's always been the case as well. Is that there's always the early adopters, and there's going to be some yeah. that will, you know, some will come kicking and screaming, but eventually they'll they'll go over the, the top. Yeah, and the early adopters there's so much opportunity still in digital. I think oh, to be an early adopter, in particular in different industries, there are so many that um, I see in particular that are still even considering the most simplest things. And there's so much opportunity to be um, still taken as an early adopter, I think. Yeah. I mean, the, be the best part of my job is I get to go vi visit so many small businesses and the amount of them that have got, have just, you know, have overseas customers now, um, they just don't, they don't sit, the, the barriers that used to exist are not there anymore. Yeah. So they can be globally competitive and, we, and we're seeing that more and more. So it's, you know, I'd actually say right now that small business has better access to technology than big business does and can adopt it quicker. Way quicker. I mean, you can well, go on to the. Saying, guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's only uh, it was only 2007 that the iPhone came out, and 2009 the App Store came about. And I think there was when they launched, they had 500 apps on there. There's now two million apps on the App Store, uh, the Apple one, and there's four million on uh, four million on Android. And 
you know, even look at zero at a different scale, but then there's 50,000 developers out around the outside of zero now developing for small business. So there's so much innovation going out there. If you can't find an app to do something that you want to do, then there's so much, there's so much out there. And the only thing, I'd be a little bit more explicit about people. I think the thing from the past that, and it's the thing that everyone in this room focuses all their lives thinking about being, being a business owner or a banker is the customer. That's the thing from the past. And if you embrace the digital, it will allow you to engage with your customer in a, in a more efficient, effective uh, way. And, you know, and the financial benefits have been demonstrated. So for me, um, we talk a lot about it internally, you know, because our, you know, the banking industry is changing. But fundamentally, you're still going to need people to talk to people. It's about how you, what you give people to talk about and how effective and efficient that is, and, and then using data to refine that. Because actually I went out there and I wasn't that effective or efficient or I didn't quite meet that customer need. I've got a feedback loop. I can make that better so the next time I face that challenge or work with that customer on that issue, I'm going to be better and more effective and more efficient at it. So I think that that quote's a great quote. Mm. And, um, you know, business is pretty, you know, as you said, you know, from the moment that debit and credits were established. It was always about trading and people talking to each other and trying to do business with each other and digital is just a, 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 an ability to do that in a, in a more effective and efficient way. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod.